0: Welcome to another Virial USA podcast. This is Alan, and I'm joined this morning—well, this afternoon—in Spain. It is by by Thomas McElroy, who is uh, what, what is your official title now, or do you have an
1: official title for the, for the for what you do? <laughs> um, I work in the press department. That's the easiest. Maybe say international content manager, I suppose. My is the title that I've kind of given myself because I don't have a title. But yeah, I work in the press department. I look after the majority of the things that come out the come in English in terms of like, first team and the the academy here in Spain.
0: All right, so Villarreal's v- international press officer. That sounds that sounds good. Okay. Um <laughs> yeah, so you have been obviously very busy. Um <laughs> not just I mean I I mean in general, you know, Villarreal has been pushing out more and more English content, but then especially with the Europa League and us playing two um, English teams in the in the semi final and final, your, your job has I'm sure grown by leaps and bounds of late.
1: Yeah, massively, it's massively grown. Um, playing two English teams was great for me. Great from a a perspective of having obviously the English language audience as well looking at us and just like the club, I think the club's growing and we're growing massively at the moment. Um, I mean, we won the Europa League. What, what a feeling. And just for, in terms of kind of English language content, we've had a lot more interest in people and people seem interested. We've gained a lot of followers. Um, and I suppose also having this season really, having Unai Emery as our manager has given us kind of a lot more people looking at us from the English language world because of obviously his, his time at Arsenal. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So, I thought we would start by you. You got to go to Poland for the match, um, so maybe you can give us a feeling of what that was. What that was like. I mean, I'll, you you were there with the press crew. You weren't actually in the stands behind the goal, <laughs> but still. Yeah, no.
1: Yeah, so I was in the press, but I was at the side, kind of quite high up um, behind where. Where the bench was behind where the Unai Emery was sitting, and um, so quite high up. Um, so there was obviously with all the press from around the world, the Spanish press, the English press. Um, there were five of us from the BRL press team there. Um, it was a great experience. So we flew out on the Tuesday um, with uh, obviously BRL chartered all the flight. So there was us, uh, we, uh, the press people, all the Spanish press as well. So your Mata, Cristina Baya all the people from kind of Mobby staff from the local papers from the local radio stations, um, all on the same flight. And then we so we got to the hotel on Tuesday just after lunch. And then on the evening we went to watch a training session. So that was open for press the pre the final training session at the stadium before the final, which was great to get a chance to watch it. And um because obviously due to COVID at the moment, so many things are behind closed doors and the first team are in their own bubble. So to be able to actually watch a training session because it was really great for me just on a personal kind of selfish level just to watch that and kind of enjoy it. Obviously tweet pictures from it and tweet um, videos and um, put videos on various social media platforms um, just as a training session. And then we got back very late on on Tuesday night and then so obviously Wednesday morning we had a little bit of time in the morning to explore Dansk. It was a it was a really lovely city. Um, it was just a really great atmosphere there um, before lunch. VRL fans all up and down the street. There, I felt like there were a lot more VRL fans than Manchester United fans. And mm-hmm. Obviously, being English myself, I do always worry because a lot of times when English fans especially go to Europe, there's a bit of trouble, but there was no trouble at all. I didn't think there would be any from the VRL end, but it was all really, really good-natured. Um, yeah. It was just a really great party atmosphere in the streets of Dansk. Um, and then... It kind of became we kind of all going oh my god we're playing the Europa League final in a few hours <laughs> right
0: yeah I, I I from the pictures that that you tweeted and, and other people did it did you're right it did seem like um, there were a lot of if there were only two thousand VRL fans that made the trip it seemed like we saw pictures of all of them that <laughs> it it it, it did seem like quite a quite a quite a crowd so yeah at some point you kind of realize and, and I sitting here in California did this too it was like you know you have the you have the day circled on your calendar and then suddenly it hits you we're actually playing in a Europa League final aren't we <laughs> yeah
1: it, it was just mad it was getting on the bus going to the stadium um, and then getting to the stadium it was like this is actually happening it was crazy and then obviously just getting there going to the press the press area and um, I was actually really emotional um, when the teams came out I was nearly crying I was just so emotional because it'd been a lot of hard work for everyone at the club um, obviously not just from press but from the people that organize everything it'd been since the semi-final it'd been a long days to make sure everything came off perfectly and it was kind of just the relief that we were there and the relief that we'd done it yes. I was really proud of the work that my colleagues had done and then just the emotion of VRL being in the first ever final it was just it was just amazing, and it was just kind of a real experience. And I just wanted to just kind of sit and enjoy the fact that we were playing in the Europa League final. And then, obviously, the game happened. And if I told you the truth, I can't tell you what I couldn't tell you what happened in the game because I was so stressed. And obviously, only <laughs> the goals. But like, I was so stressed. I just felt because it just meant so much. And I, I have watched it back since. And we were a lot better than I realized during the game. I was so terrified during the game. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And we actually put in a really, really good performance. And when you're there in person, I have this, I just, I always see everything a lot more panicky. I always worry that, oh, they're going to score. But if I'm honest, looking back, Manchester United didn't really trouble us, especially the second half, and I thought they were really on top, but they weren't as on top as I thought when I look back. Yeah, and the extra it, time I thought, you know what, we can do this. Because yes. I didn't want to admit that we could do it because you don't want the hope to then, Get disappointed and i thought oh, we were a much better team in extra time in my opinion and then obviously the penalties happened and god it just felt like that went on forever it did <laughs> <laughs> i know i mean because we planned we were like oh we hadn't even planned how we were going to tweet the penalties and then just start like about one fifteen on the clock we were like we're five minutes left election like, we need to work out how we're going to tweet the penalties what it's going to look like and then we were like, yeah, that's fine. We tried planning it, and we we're like, oh, don't worry, five penalties each. That won't go over the next line. Obviously, we got to eleven penalties each, and God knows how it looked at the end on Twitter. But we were like, we don't know. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw, but like, or uh, uh, full time. I think we put the full time tweet, in and we've won the Europa League. Um, and yeah. then me and Davi, so Davi does the Spanish Twitter, and Javi, who was in charge of the match report and sorting our stuff for the website, we just kind of cried. We just didn't like. We, I think we wrote that we were crying on Twitter and it was true, we just cried because it was just the emotion it was that we have done it, we just stood up and cried and it was just we just had to let out all the emotion, it was just such an amazing feeling and we couldn't believe that we'd actually done it and there was us obviously all the English press all, and every, all the other press standing there working, sitting there working just the three of us standing there hugging each other crying. Yeah well
0: it was it was kind of like that here, I, I, I think f- the way you described the game in the ground was kind of the way Uh, experiencing it from further away was, was a bit like that too. Um, Although I think I had the, it's, I always watch the game, but then I have Javi Mata on the radio, which goes a little bit, you know, in live time and, and the feed from the TV is always a little behind. So I realized that in some ways that actually makes me watch the game being a little calmer because if it's about 15 seconds behind and I see this big attack coming and then I know from the radio that nothing actually happened, I can breathe, right? <laughs> um, but I was kind of like you. I mean, I, I think in retrospect, um, Man United didn't really trouble us that much um, in terms of goal scoring chances. And I think the unfortunate thing was I, I think we probably would have liked to have gotten more opportunities ourselves. We tended to, to be pushed back a lot in our in our half, but you know we we came with a plan. We played to it. Um, I I certainly thought in extra time they were playing for penalties and we were playing to win and um, could have done that. That um, I don't know that I would have given the penalty shout toward the end, but we certainly had the better chances of of the of the teams in in the in the extra time, and yeah, penalties. I was just I mean it just seemed like they would never end and and but you sort of felt like Ruli was getting close so (laughs) it was it was yeah I
1: mean you definitely you you definitely thought he was getting closer than Bahia
0: anyway yeah yeah exactly so yeah and I think the same thing here when when we won the sort of realization it took a sort of realization of oh my god we've we've done this thing and it and it was just I think for those of us who aren't you know, as connected with the club, but we still know what this means to the to the to the. There's a difference between getting to the final or getting to the semifinals and winning it. I mean, suddenly you have much more. Your name is always going to be on that trophy, and people are always going to remember that you won. Where the losing finalists, not so much. And I think the way that this that the win happened—I mean, years from now, people are going to be talking about the eleven ten penalty shootout.
1: Oh, I mean, I mean definitely, it'll be a final that people remember because that penalty shootout was epic. And as you say, it's, it's really put our name on the map. And yes, as you say, I know that the international fans, a lot of them, obviously aren't here in VRL, but it means just as much as to you guys it does to everyone who's here in VRL. Yeah, I, I think mean, that- there was also. Oh, go ahead. So there's one thing that I did didn't mention that I don't know if on the TV when I watched it back, if you could hear but the fans in the stadium, honestly, the VRL fans, were amazing and they outsung the United fans so much. And I know a lot of time people do kind of give it a little bit of criticism to our fans, but honestly, it was the best I'd ever heard them and it felt like there were so many more than the two thousand one hundred that were there.
0: Right. And I guess we there was even a marriage proposal afterwards. <laughs> So, yeah, so yeah, so evidently it was it was uh I mean that that took real, I was thinking about that later, I mean, this, after we win, this you know the guy goes down on his knee and asks his girlfriend to marry him, and of course, she says, yes, but mm-hmm. I'm like, boy, w- what would he have done if we had lost would he just trudge home <laughs> I mean, I don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. But um, I, I wanted to say also for the people who don't realize, I mean, I don't remember when you started officially working at the club, but but you, I think especially, you know, when you talk about crying and, and, and knowing everything that the club had been through, I mean, you were in Villarreal teaching English, right, the, the year we were relegated? You've been through it all. <laughs> so Yeah,
1: no. Okay. So yeah, that was the year that I was teaching English in VR, the year that we were renegated. I was there in uh, from the Fondo Norte, right behind that Falcao header, which I don't really want to remember again. And I did I think I can't remember I was nearly close to tears then, so it was a nice a nice turnaround. But um I had been working for the club for three years now since so my third year uh back in Spain working for the club. And the first year I came back was that year when we nearly went down again um, <laughs> with the Caieha Luis Garcia Calleja year, and I was like, "Oh gosh, I'm such a bad luck. I bring bad luck to the club." And so I'm pleased to know that it's not my fault. That if things go wrong, it's not my fault. We've won something now.
0: Right? Exactly. Well, I, I and and uh, Sid Arthur and I joke about it because the one the one uh, match that we lost the the promotion. Um, Toward the end of the promotion year, was the match um, at home against Elche that he he was there for, and of course when I when Elisa and I visited um, to see us play Sevilla, we we got we lost so, um, and Liverpool didn't go so well. So you know I I feel like I need to get back at some point and see us win just so I can get that monkey off my shoulder. But um, but yeah, I, I, how the English press in general has always been very, um, I would say condescending isn't really the right word, but there, but there's this definite belief that, um, the EPL should just win everything. And I guess it was kind of, I mean, I know you couldn't really do much, um, celebrating in the press club. <laughs> you had to restrain yourself a bit, but it must, must be sweet to, you know, read some of the stuff that was being said before the game and, all the man united. Well, we're the biggest team. We'll just win, and then and then see how it turned out.
1: Well, I mean, from what I was reading about, a lot of the people were criticising the BT Sport coverage, which is a shame because I think BT Sport actually do a very good job. But it was obviously all, as you would expect, Manchester United centric with Paul Skull saying they should beat us easily. And I think that things about like that was well, just nice to show that you know what I for me the Premier League isn't the best league in the world. For me, it is La Liga, and I know that. A lot of the Spanish clubs haven't done as well in Europe this year, but I thought it was important because of that to be able to kind of show who we are and that we're not just a roll a club that's gonna roll over. Yep,
0: yep. Well, and it's and I think it's um, there was Sid Lowe had a nice I think it was Sid that had a n uh, maybe it was I can't remember now, had a nice article about the fact that the Spanish teams um and he was referring I think specifically to the to the ones that have done well in in things like the UEFA Cup Europa League um tend to do pretty much what Villarreal did, which is that you know on a one-on-one basis you know the the man United players mostly were were you know stronger quicker whatever but the collective unity of the team is what, is what gets you is what gets you through, and so I think it was really the fact that it went 11 10 on penalties, and and that every one of our players on the pitch at the end of extra time scored um, <laughs> was kind of a, a really cool example of that. I'm, I still shake my head over Emory bringing in Danny Raba right at the end of extra time. I was like, I don't know how he. Rolled the dice and came up with that, but hey, <laughs> and then he took the second penalty and it and it worked. But I just still keep sitting here shaking my head about that sometimes.
1: I mean, Daddy's confident, so I kind of he's one of the players that I did fancy him to, to take the penalty. And I mean, I, obviously, I fancied all of them. There were players that stepped up, and I was like, the one that I just didn't want to miss was Powell because I, like yeah. it was just just because of the story. I was yeah. like, he can't miss,
0: right? And he, yeah, I know, and and it was interesting. Um, That was the thing too. I was when I saw Powell going going tenth, I thought, well, I hope the storyline. I mean, it would have been great if the Man United guy had missed. Right after him, because then it would have been Powell's penalty that won it, I suppose. But, yeah. But I certainly didn't want to have the storyline of you know hometown hero misses the penalty <laughs> to, that put us out. Um, I don't think we wanted to to go with that. So I was I was nervous for I was nervous for him, but um, and he um, it, it, there were a couple of penalties, and I guess it was his and Alberto Moreno's, where it was almost like. Gee, they they calculated the geometry exactly right, but uh, it was a little a little tight, you know. I mean, Pals was an yeah, excellent looking, penalty, but I worry when somebody goes that high. Yeah,
1: cockerland for example. Looking back, that was very close. It was perfect, but it was very close. Yeah,
0: yeah, and well, and uh, um, Man United had a couple also that were that were very close, but um, but yeah, it was it was just we were all saying watch talking afterward on, on the podcast that it was just so unusual because normally when you see a penalty shootout in that kind of final with that sort of pressure, somebody just misses and balloons it way over the net or the fact that it's been raining and the pitch is wet, somebody puts their foot down to their plant foot down and slips and does, you know, and doesn't strike the ball the way they wanted to. So it was really, Quite astonishing on both sides the way that the that the penalties were taken, really impressive.
1: Yeah, to have twenty two on target is mad, and that's the thing is the pressure. But yeah, just to have twenty two penalties on target is crazy, and to have twenty one of them scored is it, yeah. It's just something that I I don't know when the next penalty shootout of that level of that quality will happen again.
0: Right, right. So afterwards, I mean, you you guys still were. Um, you you were sort of, you did your stuff in the press room and then you you flew out the next, what, did you fly out right after that or the next day?
1: Yes. So um, we were pretty much kicked out of the stadium at 2 a.m. because we were still working, just tweeting stuff, sorting videos and doing things. And pretty much when they started to take away, started to dismantle where we were, we thought maybe it's time to leave. <laughs> 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 so, um, like, so we left at 2am and then we got the, the coach straight back to the plane. Um, so it was all the press were all, all, all left at like a similar time and got back to the plane. We felt bad because there were fans who'd obviously been waiting on the plane for a couple of hours. Yes.
0: They'd just been
1: sitting on the plane, but we got, so I think we finally left the airport about 5am.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Um, got back to Valencia at about 9-ish and then got the bus back to Vierao um, slept for a couple of hours, sorted a few things out, and then came back here for the the bus the bus parade. And there was a party after the bus parade at the stadium as well for um, for staff and players and families.
0: Right. So yeah. So, so I think a lot of us got to see the um, got to see the at least still photos and and uh, and maybe the video of the of the parade. And and certainly for those of us who've been to Virial, it was really cool to see. Um, because it is such a small place and, and, um, seeing how it was chock block full of people, hopefully all, um, uh, vaccinated or wearing masks or both, uh, <laughs> but it was quite, it was quite something. And, um, and you were, um, I, I assume you were at the stadium most of the time, right?
1: Yeah, so I was at the stadium, I was helping step up um, for a lot of the stuff, the kind of when the players got back, um, just kind of making sure that everything was okay. I popped up very quickly to see the players get on the bus as they headed off from the stadium at the very beginning. But then I was at the stadium for most of it and they had a big screen um, Mm -hmm. where you could watch the bus tour as well from the the inside. So I kind of had an eye on that. and obviously, I've seen a few of the videos back. The one where Powell goes past his, his aunt's house and shows the trophy to his grandparents. Yes, that made me cry. That made me cry when I saw it. I was like, I, just emotion, I was emotional. Honestly, the probably about Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, various times. I would just think of something and getting emotional, or like, or start crying, or start smiling. We were all like that. We were just on cloud nine. It was just a crazy experience. I'm sure you were like that as well. You just the next few days. You couldn't believe what had happened. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so we were just at the stadium, and then obviously the players came back. Um, I think they showed that on the video as well that the, the players are presented one by one, and then we kind of just had like a kind of food and a few drinks and kind of just mingling and um, people kind of. Fernando obviously the president got to lift the finally lift the trophy, um, and yeah, just kind of just kind of just to celebrate the team's success.
0: Mm-hmm. Any particular? moments that stand out for you or was it just all a blur that you're still pinching yourself saying that really happened
1: i mean honestly it's all a blur i did um asked if i could get i got a picture with the i got a few pictures of the trophy which um if you can see on my social media i probably took i think i got um four or five pictures with the trophy just because i was just very excited um and so that was great and for the quick chat with uh with the president as well which was nice just to kind of congratulate him obviously everyone was speaking to him but i got a picture of the president and the couple with his um with his medal so i was very pleased with that just my yeah just the kind of personal like just to have that picture was great um And yeah, it was just, it was just lovely. It was just a really lovely experience and just kind of a nice way of celebrating the hard work of everyone connected to the team.
0: I think that's the thing that, that made it so special was that knowing that how much work everybody had put in to get to that point. And I, I think it was, um, you know, going back to, um, well, really going back to the relegation and promotion you know, back I, I don't know um, what everybody chose for for their um, kit to wear to the to watch the game from far away. But I wore the the um, promotion T-shirt under my yellow um, home shirt, and I think that was, I think that was what really made me cry was seeing some of the people, seeing seeing Manu, seeing seeing Mario, people that have been with the team for so long and getting to this point and holding that trophy was just yeah so i think i think you summed it up pretty well it was like for about three or four days afterwards i kept um just sort of periodically going we won the europa league (laughs) i mean it's obviously a little better when you're somewhere where people know what you're talking about i think i bored a lot of my non-soccer friends by you know going on about it but that's okay (laughs)
1: Uh, uh, just what you were saying about about Manu, about Jaume Foster, about Mario—the bit that got me, and it still actually makes me emotional when I look at now—is when when I don't know if you've seen the video. Um, it's on our social media in the Europa League. You posted to Bruno lifting the trophy.
0: Yes. When the
1: player had, and Jaume starts crying, and it's just it, it's just like I'm pleased for Bruno that he got to enjoy that moment and be there with the team.
0: Yes. Yes. Same here yeah it was a really um it was a really wonderful moment and um I think the whole thing as i say, the way it happened was so it it took <laughs> you know it took so long i mean it took so long for us to get for us to get well i shouldn't say that long but it took it you know all the effort of getting to the final all the all these years of being close in the semis and then getting to the final you knew we weren't going to win it easily right
1: <laughs> I mean, it yeah it was it was, ne- it was never going to be a
0: 4-0 no <laughs> so it was um yeah i think i think watching it from far away and and maybe as you say when you're when you're in the press box and you're you're working it's a, it's a little different but it seemed like after the first few minutes when uh, the first couple of minutes we didn't have much of the ball and and i felt like we were a little nervous and then it seemed like once we got sort of our feet under us, um, we were pretty much taking them on toe-to-toe as we wanted to, and, um, it was, it was wonderful, um, and I agree with you, watching it on TV, the, um, the Virial fans were, um, in the ground were fantastic, and it was, it was wonderful to see all the, see all the fans, um, it was wonderful to see fans. Period after after this season, <laughs> but but um, yeah. seeing hearing people hearing the shouts and and um, seeing all the scarves and flags and everything was was really tremendous. So I was I was really pleased with that. Um, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we can talk about some other things that have been happening at the club that have been neat too. So. This has been quite a season for us because not only have did the men's first team win the Europa League, but the the women's first team is um, you know has won promotion and will be playing in the in the um, Primera División next year, and that's going to be a huge thing too for you guys, right?
1: Oh, it's massive. I mean, to have both teams in the top flight of of Spanish of Spanish soccer for Spanish football here in it's just incredible and. The, the women's team it's like the Europa League win was a kind of a, a result of all the hard work over the years. It's the same with the women's team as well. Um, it's been built. It's been building over these years, and the work actually that the the manager Sarah Montfort has done I mean, has been great. She's overseen two promotions now, and to come up to be in the same league as the current Champions League winners Barcelona, who in the Women's Champions League final they, they destroyed a very good Chelsea team. So uh, to be in the same league as them means a lot. Um and it was just, just a real like impulse for, for women's football in the region, the first team in the region of Castellon to play in the top flight of women's football as well. And um it's just really progressing and it's just gonna um, I think the league is professional next season as well, so that's another really massive step forward for the club to have two professional teams in the top flight of
0: mm-hmm.
1: of football over here. So it's something really good, and the, the women's pro- was progressing season on season, and I'm sure that next year won't be a it'll be a tough season, and I'm sure the aim will be to finish 14th out of 16th just to, to stay up, but and then build from there. But um, it's really good for the club, and just the job that they're doing, and some of the players they've got are very good. I mean, I'm sure you know Sam was obviously brilliant for her age, and what she does it is is amazing. But to have the top scorer in the league as well in Shaila Gijahor and some other really good players who've been very experienced who so I've watched Mariela Coronel, who she played the three World Cups for Argentina, and you just look at these players and think, you know what, we're really taking a step forward and mm-hmm. hopefully next season we can compete well.
0: Yeah, I think you're I think you're you're certainly right that the um I mean, frankly, if the season hadn't been stopped by COVID in twenty twenty, I think we had the momentum to get promoted even that year. But then this last season we pretty much dominated our, our group and went through, um, promotion, you know, got, got up pretty easily, um, in the end. And, um, next year will not be, will not be so simple. So I think you're, I think you're right that the, uh, the main objective is just going to be staying up and consolidating our, our position there. Um, but uh, you know, the fact that we've we've got some excellent players and um I hear nothing but wonderful things about Sara Forte. So um, you know, I think that's a real that's a real plus too.
1: Um Yeah, I mean it's been a hugely successful year. I mean just to have two sets of champions is just mad really, and obviously the just a real boost for the team and to just show that we are doing things well at this club. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm and then we and then we just hosted the uh la liga Promesas, the 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 twelve and well twelve and thirteen year olds this year right because we we did the it's normally twelve year olds but we did the one that would have been the year before yeah. if it didn't happen yeah and so that that happened at the sports city
1: for well this
0: is like what third or fourth time it's been there now.
1: Uh I think it was I think this was the fourth and the fifth these ones, oh, not okay. the fifth and the sixth, but it's been about five years or so that we've done it. So obviously we had the under the twelves first and the under thirteen, which was meant to be last year, but because of COVID it was postponed and obviously we won the under thirteen. And we were very convincing throughout that tournament as well. And there are some really good players who who look good and have a bright future, hopefully. And you look at some of the players who played that tournament before and or who won the best player in the tournament, and a lot of them gone on to do, do quite a good things.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's it's quite a it's it's been quite a um, quite a summer and quite a quite a spring in Villarreal. So the the plan is, hopefully, next next fall when the um, when the season starts, uh, La Liga season starts, that there will be fans in the stands. Um, maybe not at full capacity yet, or do we do we know?
1: We don't know. We don't know yet. We're hoping there'll be fans and stands. but it's obviously it's all COVID-dependent, you know, because at the moment the Comunidad Valenciana has a really small, a lot of lowest rate, the lowest rate of COVID in Spain, but things change from now till August, I imagine the start of the season, although I don't think they've confirmed it yet, um, but I'm sure it will be August. Mm-hmm. Will, things can change a lot, so you don't know, but hopefully we'll have fans back, and hopefully we'll have, to have fans back to the Champions League group stage as well. That'll be great.
0: Yes when is the draw for that? Do do you remember?
1: I, I honestly have no idea. The only day that I know is the eleventh of August. is a super cup. That's all I can that's tell you. you.
0: That's right. That's the one. Yeah, which is which is um, coming up in Belfast. And again, it's like we don't know much yet about anything. Um, the ground in, at Belfast is quite small, so you know who knows how many tickets we get and, and all of that. So it's- Yeah, a, we yeah. have no idea
1: really, but hopefully UA4 we'll speed to us and we'll be able to get some information about, out, about that soon. But at the moment, we don't know. It's still, it's still a couple of months away, but obviously people will want to plan, but it is a lot smaller. It's only 18,000, so the amount of seats we get, if it's COVID, if they have to get people up because of COVID it will be quite low, I imagine.
0: Yeah, right. And, and the complication, I know some of us were looking at, at flying um, over if we could get tickets and part of the complication now is that, for example, somebody was saying, well, it's easier if you, it's cheaper if you fly into Dublin and rent a car or something and, and go to Belfast, but now that Brexit has happened, that's another that's another series of, of um, rules to deal with where, you know... So it's, it's not going to be an easy venue for people to travel to, but, um, you know, hopefully some some of our international fans will be able to make the trip. Um, it's
1: just... See, fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. It's, it's been difficult enough. It's difficult enough anyway, but it's especially difficult with um, with the whole COVID situation. And, uh, you know, things are starting to open up. Um, I saw this morning that Spain is now letting in um, vaccinated tourists and i think they still have to have a test as well but it's it you know things are moving in the right direction but we hope they continue to move that way and we'll see what happens um so any last thoughts on on uh, on what has been a a uh, incredibly um rewarding but stressful <laughs> few weeks
1: <laughs> i think you've summed up in the best words rewarding but stressful but it was all worth it it's been brilliant it's been I love this club honestly I just I love this club Um, and I'm just so pleased that we're winning things and that people are recognising what a good club we are and I'm just yeah honestly that's what I want to say and just to all our international fans as well you know that from in the club as well we really appreciate your support around the world because it's something that we we are a small club and we don't have a huge amount of international fans but those that we do we really we really care about you. And obviously, if you guys have any questions or anything um, about me, you can get in touch. I'll give you my email address. It's, it's thomas.viralcf.es, and I can help you. We'll see if we can help you, or if not, if you don't remember, go to the club. But if you ever want to visit when it's COVID-free, um, we'll try and sort it and make it as easy for you to get tickets because obviously we know it living far, far away isn't easy to get tickets and sort out your trip. So get in touch with the club and we care about our international fans as much as we do about our fans here in Spain. So that's just something that I like to say when I get the chance
0: to say it. Right. Yes. And that's, and I think all of us, um, can certainly, can certainly agree because we, you know, that that have come to visit as you guys have really made us feel very welcome. And it's, it's, it's been wonderful. So yeah, so it's Thomas at vreelcf.es. Um, and, uh, Thomas is also, um, has, uh, colleagues, Lucy and, uh, and Vicky, who, I guess Vicky got to see them, got to see the Europa League from the stands. Um, but she's defending her dissertation this week. So probably a little added stress. Um, (laughs) so not that, not that she needs any, but that, but those are names that you'll also see, um, on, on the English speaking social media. And, uh, in general, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot more of that. We're, um, where the the work that uh, the VRAAL academies are doing in the U.S. Um, also you know, there's a lot of a lot of cross promotion there, which is great too. Um, I've Been seeing a lot of um, tweets from the Nebraska Academy this week on on Twitter, which is
1: great. So um, yeah, no, our international academies are really growing, especially in the U.S. So that's something that's great for us to kind of get the VRAAL name out there and help the u.s Academy's train under our methodology which we believe works so we're hoping and the academy seems to be enjoying it so that's yeah. something that we're really enjoying as well
0: yeah well I, I don't think you can argue with the results in spain anyway and so hopefully we'll see <laughs> we'll see those things <laughs> come to fruition here too well thank you for your time thomas i really really appreciate it and hopefully before too long you and i will be able to to see each other in person but who knows who knows when and where but uh, in the meantime, thank you for, for everything. You guys are doing a great job. And congratulations again. We won the Europa League. I'm, can you believe it?
1: <laughs> Thanks, Alan. It's mad. It's completely mad.
0: <laughs> right. Well, well, in the Van Vareal.